Hi everyone, I'm Chuck Murphy, and today we're going to be talking about what it's like to be a first-year market researcher, some of the surprises in your first year, some of the cool things about it, some of the challenges. Um, I'm joined by Rachel Podell, who's our Director of Talent, as well as two first-year researchers here at Murphy Research, Jenna Rosen and Javier Vesca, and I'm really excited to hear their impressions uh, after nine months on the job. So I figured we would start the discussion. Most of my questions today, obviously, are going to be for Javier and Jenna, but Rachel will type in uh, at different points with uh, questions and thoughts and whatever whatever she feels is interesting. Um, but Javier and Jenna, maybe we'll start with you guys in terms of what... So you guys are about nine months in. You started uh, last summer. What has been... Maybe Jenna, we'll start with you. What has been most surprising about the transition from student into a market researcher? I think there's a very different um, expectation surrounding being a student and being a full-time employee. And I think that is an interesting transition to walk through just based on, you know, as a student, you really manage, you know, your own time very differently based on when you work, what you're working on. And I think it's been interesting also to kind of be working on a team at Murphy. And so you're really working together a lot, whereas it was much more individual as a student. So I think that's been kind of the biggest difference for me in terms of joining Murphy versus my time as a student. Yeah. Do you feel like you're still adjusting to that? Or do you feel like it, how long, if, if you do feel adjusted, how long did it take? I think it took about three months, I would say, to really get into the groove of things because it just is very different. And I don't know, Javier, how you feel about that. But I think after the three months, I started to feel like, okay, I kind of feel like I, I know a little bit more what's going on, what to expect. And I think that helped a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of, it's, it's a, it's a huge adjustment. I, I, I remember that my first year after college, I'm just being exhausted for like a month or two. It was like, I was like, wow, this is like, this is just a very different pace. Like you don't realize when you're in school, how many built-in breaks you have during the day. And, and some days you do have that as a, professional, but sometimes you don't. Sometimes it's just meeting, 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 or, or whatever you're doing. And it's it's a lot of extended focus that takes a long time to kind of get used to. How about you, Javier? What was uh, most surprising to you? Um, well, my, my background's a little bit different than Jenna's. I didn't come to Murphy straight out of uh, college. Um, but, you know, the transition from, from having a, a bit more of a relaxed schedule to now having a bit more routine schedule was a big big change for me. Um, and it was took a little bit of an adjustment period. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, having, having those, uh, two weeks, three weeks, holiday holidays, whenever I wanted. And now, you know, a bit more structure, it's, it's different, but you know, it's, it's, it's been good. It's been fun. Um, it has been a, a bit of an adjustment period, but I don't know. I think I agree with Jenna. Um, the first three months were really cool on getting used to everything, how everything was working and then kind of, then adapting to it and learning how to apply that um, really with a with a bit more finesse, I guess you could say. Um, and and now nine months in, can't believe it's been nine months. Time goes by so fast. <laughs> um, That's good. Yeah, it's it, it's going well. It, I've enjoyed it a lot. That's awesome. You know, a lot of candidates will ask, particularly when thinking about that adjustment, like, what's that like doing that remotely? Like, how do you feel supported? How do you adapt? Um, maybe could you guys talk a little bit about like your experience during boot camp and what that transition was like? Definitely. 
I think in general as well, it was very different doing this transition remotely. Um, I think for one, it almost made the transition a little bit easier for me in the sense that I still was in kind of my own comfort zone being, you know, home or wherever you're working from rather than kind of jumping straight in. So I think that helped me a bit. And I think also um, something I didn't mention before, but just having like your weekends look a lot different, your evenings look a lot different. So having those evenings and weekends to really regroup and readjust was not something I had in college. And so I think um, remote or in person, I think that's also a big difference for me. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. Um, but I think the, I think it made it all a lot easier. It was a lot more comfortable um, joining, you know, a new company or, or a new job, a new role um, being remote um, because it was more at my pace, like what Jenna said. And it was, uh, it, it allowed me to, to kind of transition uh, at my own pace. So it was good. So Javier, just to piggyback, um, a little bit on to twist the question a little bit now that you've been doing uh you know market research uh, you know and obviously the way that murphy research does market research is going to be different than some other firms and, and the day-to-day job but did you feel like you understood what what market research was like is your is there anything about the actual job or the way that the industry works that surprised you or is did you feel like you had a pretty good understanding of what you were getting yourself into <laughs> <laughs> um well, you know, um, market research itself, I, I think I had a, a good understanding of what it was. Um, I had done some internships previously, so I, I had an understanding of that. Um, but, you know, I think the difficult part comes from addressing clients and, and making sure that you're meeting the client's needs. And I, I don't know if anyone could ever say that they are well adjusted to a client because there's so many different types of clients and every project is so different. So... <laughs> That's always a, a learning curve, no matter where you are, really. <laughs> well, that's the challenging thing about client service, right? It's like, is, is they, it's so varied. Like what, what makes different people happy is it's, it's really hard because if there's, it's hard to have a formulaic kind of approach to it because everybody and in, in every industry and different personalities have different needs. So it's a challenge. Yeah. What are you, Jenna? Did you feel like you knew what you were getting into in terms of what the job was? Quite honestly, not at all. I think that I did have some experience coming in, more informal experience and basically only qualitative research. So I think that it was a big adjustment coming in. Um, but I also think that there was not expectations that you come in and know everything. I mean, we had boot camp and things to really like help learn. So I think, um, was I prepared? No. Was it been surprising? Yes. But it wasn't it wasn't a sense of overwhelming or anything like that because I think um, we weren't expected to know all of that coming in. Yeah, yeah, I, I think uh, I agree with Jenna. Bootcamp um, was really helpful. You know, it, it really did help. You know, set the standard and, and help us understand um, what we needed to do. One hundred percent. That was good. That's awesome. Well, that transitions nicely into um, thinking about the the, the job itself. Uh, what aspects of it do you like best? I think question. that one is, I was going to say, that one's a tough question, but I think it's easier for me because I have always really liked writing and communicating in those parts of the job. So um, things like story planning and report building and really finding the story behind it are really, really interesting to me. Some of the more nitty gritty data um, items are not necessarily my favorite or they don't come as easily to me. So I think that distinction is pretty clear for me. 
So the the quality control and uh, the more the numbersy part of it is is it's harder for you, but you like the you like the writing storytelling aspect of it. Exactly, and I think that you need both. So I am very well aware of that. But it's just yeah. it's interesting to see which parts of that really came easy and which were a little bit. It took a little bit longer to feel comfortable with. Yeah, and it's funny in life. I, I always joke about this, but it's funny in life. Uh, how rare it is that somebody enjoys both of those things, right? Generally, the people that are very uh, you know, numbersy and, and, and like the quality control part are not into writing and the people that are into writing are, are you know, it's, it's, it's pretty rare that someone would like both aspects of the, of the, both of those aspects of the job equally. How about you, Javier? Which, what, which part, uh, do you like best? Um, I, I'm completely opposite to Jenna. I enjoy the, the math, the data, the analyzing the, uh, the points and seeing, you know, what can we make out of this, the story writing that takes me a little bit. I'm not yeah. that great at it. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm much more like you, Javier. I've always, I've always enjoyed the numbers part and the writing is, is more work for me. I don't, I'm not the communication part. I just don't like as much. It doesn't come as natural to me. Um, yeah. And to that you? point, I'm always telling candidates that, right. We try to like hire in different ways, right. And think about different strengths. And so like both of those elements are really important to have. And so like we look at people who, you know, can adapt into both spheres, but also at right are excited about strengthening them. Yeah, no, and that's the that's the way a firm works, right? Like we, no one is going to do everything equally well. Like you can't have a glaring weakness in any of those things. I don't think there's, you know, I would include the other aspects would be like project management and client service stuff. But, um, but we're building teams that are strong in all those points. But you know, different people can fulfill different functions for the team, so it's fine. If so, when you guys think about kind of your transition, what you kind of what you knew. Uh, nine months ago and what you know now and you think about the fact that like this is now recruiting season and new people are starting this job and in okay, just a few months you guys are going to be the the sophomore class right to the to the new group of, of freshmen coming in what sort of advice or, or things do you think they should think about that would help make this transition easier I think something just very general that I think of is just don't be afraid to ask questions and don't be afraid not to know things because every single project is different and unique. And so you're not going to know everything. Even if you've done a project that's similar, you're always going to need to ask questions and ask for help. And I think at the beginning, there was this idea of, I don't know, like maybe I should just try and figure it out. And you end up wasting so much time doing that than if you were to just reach out to someone who would know better than you. So I think that is something at the beginning that is really helpful. Yeah, that's such good advice too. Because I mean, you, you'll really learn this as you, as in, you know, the next few years as you start managing people. That it's it's so easy to deal with questions. It is so hard to deal with someone who kind of went the wrong way and you didn't realize it. Like then you have to backtrack. It's so much easier if someone just says, you know what, I'm not really sure how this should work or how I should set this thing up. Um, because once someone has gone down a path a certain way, then you have like this other issue of like, how do we kind of fix the way this happened? Whereas at the beginning of someone just says, hey, I'm not sure how to do this. It's always, it's almost always better to communicate, you know, and sometimes the answer to that question will be take a shot. You know what I mean? But, but it's still better to know that there's some, some pause or some uncertainty there um, than to not know that. Totally. You're saving time on both ends and figuring it out and also having to go back and kind of rethink something. Um, it just saves a lot of time if you just ask from the start. Yeah. Yeah. Any other things you guys think you might um, have on your advice list for the for newcomers? 
I, I think, uh, you know, piggybacking off of what you said, Chuck, really communication, really just focusing on communication, making sure you're clear and communicating with managers, with vendors, just really helps. Um, and like Jenna said, I think that's something that's been great, you know, at least being here at Murphy Research is just having the accessibility to anyone and to everyone. There's really no hesitation. Times where I haven't known things, I haven't had an issue reaching out to my manager or we're just reaching out to some of my teammates and asking them, you know, what's the best way to go about this or how can I go about this? We're just having a regular conversation just to get a different opinion, a different outlook that may be different to mine. And I think that's, you know, something that you don't really get in a lot of different companies or, or especially the very big ones. So I, I think this, you know, it's, it's great to understand and know that you, you have a community here that can help you in all ways. Yeah, and it's, it's funny. It's something that I think a lot of people don't realize or they don't picture when they're starting their careers is like how, you know, I, I, it's true in many fields too, but in market research, I was surprised when I first got in how many people are involved in, in so many decisions at the, at, and that could be the number of people involved like on a client side or the number of people involved in a project on our side when you get specialists who just do this part of the process or that part of the process. But there is a lot of communication and kind of making sure this person did their job and that you they understand that everybody's there's and that's true, I think, in a lot of different roles, you know, um, obviously, Rachel's role requires a ton of communication and, you know, it, it, every but the communication is kind of different. But that is something that surprised me when when I went from, you know, I transitioned from a more academic background into a market research setting. And I was like, wow, there's just a lot of people here to, and, and they all have their different roles and they all see different things. And it's, it's a lot of communication and it's, and that's a big part of being a professional, right? It's just communicating well uh, with a lot of different types of people. Um, and it's, it's a, something that you're always, I like feel like even now I'm, I'm old and I'm still always working on how to communicate better and how to, how to make that easier for everyone involved. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of like the really great benefits of like the way Murphy research is like our culture operates. I think a lot of candidates are always really worried, especially in this like remote, um, you know, kind of work style. Like how do you still get that mentorship if someone's not like sitting right next to you? How do you still get that accessibility? And I think, um, you know, what you said, Javier, about um, everyone being so accessible here, like no one should ever feel afraid to like pick up the phone and call any single one of their colleagues or just like send them a Slack or hop on a video call. And I think like the fact that our, um, you know, kind of the work communication is just so rapid and so, um, you know, just so direct and honest and everyone's so accessible is like such um, a major benefit because you just get to learn from everyone around you and there's no hesitation to ask those questions or to, you know, get more information or to like workshop through something or get that collaborative, you know, opportunity. And so I think like that actually like really adds to a lot of the learning. And so to Jenna's point, like the advice of like, ask the questions, don't be afraid. Like this is also an environment that like sets you up well, that when you do that, like you're going to learn a lot and you're going to like see yourself grow. Definitely. And sometimes when you ask the questions, the answer is a thought question back to you. And I also, and my manager does that a lot with me and I think that's really helpful. So sometimes the answer is not going to be do it this way, but maybe try thinking through this. And I think either way, that's really helpful. And like you said, Rachel, there's never a time when I feel like I can't ask or can't find someone who would be able to help me. And that was really important to me when figuring out where I wanted to end up after college. Do, do either of you guys, um, uh, Rachel, I, you as well, would you guys think you have like strong kind of 
work style preferences by that you know like this so, so that's an ambiguous question let me i'll tell you let me let me tell you the way i think about this like i have i have certain rules that help me operate right one is i'm definitely a morning person i always have been i like to start my day early i like to get the harder stuff done in the morning um i'm someone that is easily distracted and so i kind of like to have time to focus um which is it's part of the reason that if i'm like focusing on something you know a lot of my life is proposals but if i'm focusing on like a proposal or something it's, and then I have to do a meeting on something else. It's hard for me to then, I lose a lot of time, like trying to shift back to now to, to figuring out what I was doing in the proposal. Um, but I'm just curious, are there things within that, that you guys have that you would say are, are help you work better in terms of whether it's how you structure your day or, or um, you know, like preferences for like written versus verbal communication or structure versus unstructure head how would you describe the way you like to work i mean i i i'd say i'm, I'm pretty similar to you chuck uh, i i like to do things really early get up early do things first thing in the morning um and then if, if i don't get things done before lunchtime then i kind of hit a little bit of a wall i plateau for a bit and then i get like a small push around four or five in the afternoon and then i get some things done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I have to get my morning runs in and, and that just helps me clear my mind um, and then just really focusing and it really just gets me in the rhythm. So, yeah. I don't know about you, Jenna. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. It. It's funny because I am not at all a morning person in terms of getting up is very difficult, but I am most productive in the morning. So it's kind of that push to, get up, get things done. And then I really like having my evenings open to do the things that I like to do when the sun, now that with our time change just coming with the sun still out. So I think that's a big push to kind of like get things done early middle of the day so that I can have that time at night. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. My first boss, uh, the, the, my first job in market research was, was at a firm that did a lot of like entertainment stuff and entertainment is a notoriously late schedule. And my first boss would get to work at like 10 30 or 11 and um she would have a lot of meetings from like lunch to dinner lunch and then she she would like decide what needed to be done that day around dinner time and it just drove me crazy because it'd be like 11 30 or 12 o'clock at night and i'm trying to finish the thing for the day and it's just like so off my schedule like i was like much more like you know at that time and then it's just a struggle like to to keep your energy level like um, but that's kind of how her, that was her schedule. And that's what the team had to, and you also had to, like, you had to be in the office. It's, it's funny how, how careers have changed so much, but we had to be in the office, but she was in the office. So even if my stuff was done, if she was still there at midnight, I had to sit there, um, drove, drove me crazy. Um, but it, but it's funny how, like, there's also a life stage component of this too, where like, um, you know, like Javier used to get his morning runs, right? I always had to work out in the morning before I had kids and the kids totally threw that off. And so now I like get up in the morning, do my work and then I work out at like lunchtime and then finish up whatever needs to be done. So, so there is, the, this stuff changes throughout your career, but it, it's actually wanted to mean that one of the things that's fascinating about your generation and, and so much being able to done, be done through phones and Slack and remote stuff that you guys can actually work stuff like that in. You have a lot of opportunities to work stuff like that in that would, would have been impossible uh, for me when I was younger. Um, and it's interesting how, how just how how different it all looks. You know what I mean? Like, like 
I don't know. It's fascinating how fast it changes. Um, are there aspects of of the way your day looks now that you wouldn't have anticipated when you started or things that surprise you just in terms of, you know, like whether it be like meetings or the way the way people communicate? Is there anything that you like or you look at and you're like, wow, I never would have known that that's how that worked like a year ago? I think for me, it's actually been surprising how much communication happens in a remote environment. I thought, you know, people are working from home. Like, how often are you really checking in? But I think having multiple tools, like we we use Slack, we have Teams calls, things like that. I'm actually like in constant communication with the people that I'm working with. And I think that was something that um, surprised me. And I was a little bit worried about, honestly, um, in a remote only environment. I was like, am I going to be able to really like make connections and be able to work with people as effectively. And I think I would agree that that has been really effective, if not even more than sometimes in an environment where you can be really distracted by other people. Now you can use other people when you need them and then kind of have your time to work. Um, piggybacking off of that, just kind of curious, like obviously you talk about work in a lot of these contexts, but like how do you also build relationships with your colleagues um, not work? Like, do you know what books people like? Do you know, I mean, it sounds like we know that Javier loves to run in the mornings, right? We know that, but like, tell us a little bit about like how you've like built some bonds with your coworkers and like gotten to know people on a maybe more personal level too. Well, um, at least here at Murphy Research, um, I mean, we've had great opportunities to meet our colleagues through lunches, through dinners, um, you know, through the Christmas event, which we were able to hold in person, luckily this, this past year. Um, you know, it's, it's been great to, to meet everyone and actually have an opportunity to talk to them face to face and get to know them more at a personal level. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know, Jenna, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think those, uh, little in-person, uh, instances are really nice and they are outside of work time. So, um, it is a time to really like get to know people and hobbies and interests and things like that. Whereas if you're just in an office, maybe you wouldn't talk about things like that as frequently. Um, I also think that even just in little, you know, chats at the beginning of meetings, everyone is really interested in getting to know each other. And, you know, it feels more than just this is my, you know, person that I only speak about work with. So I think that that's kind of the community environment that is here at Murphy. So it makes it really easy to kind of get to know people in that way. Yeah, we have the uh, the coffee club chats in every other Monday, don't we? And that's been pretty pretty helpful, pretty fun. <laughs> yes, play some fun uh, Pictionary games and yeah. <laughs> talk about reality TV and all of that. <laughs> <laughs> Break down euphoria. <laughs> what do you guys, this is a little bit of a tangent, but what do you guys, I, I, there's so many different kind of communication channels now. What do you guys prefer in terms of, how do you like to, um, what's your preferred communication channel? I think it depends on um, the complexity of what I'm talking about. I think Slack is awesome for little quick questions. How are you? Um, things like that. If I'm asking a question about a project or more of a complex issue, I really like to get on a video call. I think that just really helps me. I think email is last for me, I must say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd probably say uh, Teams and Google Me, um, Zoom. I just like that face-to-face -face interaction. It's, so, uh, Javier, how would you rank those three for you? Do you have a preference between those three? 
That's a hard question. <laughs> is it? Why, why, uh, tell me, tell me why. What's is that? Is because you see no difference between them, or because you? No, because they all have flaws. <laughs> they do all have flaws. I know it's 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 actually hilarious to me that this is like. I actually think it's a really big issue these days. Like I, I'll, I'll notice when I'm like sending a meeting invite. I'm like, oh, should I send this person to Zoom or Teams? Um, yeah. I don't even consider Google Meet anymore, which is funny because that was all we used up until like a year ago, right? It was all Google Meet, and I actually, you know, but so I'm curious. Do you tell me tell me the flaws that you see and, and how you how you break that down? I know it's a little bit of a uh, I do think in a remote yeah. world, uh, it's interesting to me. Like, there's just so many different channels now. Man, there's so many different channels. I'm, well, it's great that there's so many channels, right? Because we're all in different places and we can easily communicate at the touch of a button and a click. Um, <laughs> I'd probably say uh, I, I prefer Teams. I just think it's uh, it's clearer, it's easier to, to get a hold of people. I like the chat feature. It's safe there. Um, I probably do Google Meet and then Zoom last. Um, I don't know. I'm just not a fan of Zoom as much. How about you, Jenna? What's funny is all once we went remote in college, all we used was Zoom. And so it was just my favorite out of default. And when I saw that we would mainly be using Teams here, there was a bit of a, ooh, like not sure how I'm going to feel about this. And now like when I log on to a Zoom, I'm like, this seems archaic. I miss Teams. I like how Teams is set up. Uh, it just completely flipped. So I think a lot of it has to do with what you're used to, I guess. Yeah. No, it's fascinating. How about you, Rachel? Do you have a preference between those three? You know, it's interesting. My my role is obviously very different than the way you guys operate. Um, I love Teams when it comes to like our internal meetings. I think it just, it has that like teamwork um, environment, the structure, the setup. It's very easy. It's integrated into like the rest of our, you know, Outlook system. Um when I'm sending external invites, though, to me, it's a, I don't know how to find a link for Teams to send externally, yeah. or I accidentally send two links, and um, it's complicated. So I tend to lean towards Google Meet to send an external link if it's like a one-on-one. But if it's um, a bigger group, then I, then I use Zoom because um, I think it has a little bit more of that like formality when you're um, – for us, we do a lot of like group interviews and um, info sessions and things like that. And also, I think a little bit more familiar, as Jenna was saying, right in college, and I speak to a lot of college students, so um, kind of giving them like a format – in terms of like that gallery view that they're used to and that kind of thing. So I do find them all, um, I think similarly to Javier, they're all flawed um, in different ways, but I, I find them all also like having a purpose. Um, and I'm sure there are other tools out there also that I would you know, similarly integrate and, um, you know, depending on like the situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. The, t- the Teams thing when it works is, is very fluid to me. Um, Google, unfortunately, just has I, the, the compression. The audio is just not nearly as good. There's a lot more, like, lags, issues like that. I think the Zoom sounds – the Zoom, I sound old saying that. Um, uh, <laughs> Zoom sounds the best to me in terms of the audio quality, but I, it's just such a hassle, like, scheduling the meetings. Like, I just always find it easier. But part, I guess because I'm in Outlook so much to just be, like, make it a Teams meeting. Um Anyhow, that's I, I recognize that's a little bit of a tangent, but so we're we're close to to kind of wrap it up here. But any um any other thoughts you guys might have in terms of what your first nine months has been like, and anything that stands out to you as interesting that that you a year ago would have been interested to hear or learn, or even if it's very trivial or small. I think I would be surprised how often the story that comes out of a set of data can be really 
clear. I think when I was first looking, you're just looking at a, you know, a big thing of tabs or whatever you're looking at. And it's hard to imagine how something could be so coherent. And once you kind of get to the end of that story planning process and you're like, oh, wait, this really does all come together. The recommendation's really clear. And I think I'd be really surprised by that when I first started and was, you know, looking at just that huge set of data thinking like, what is this supposed to mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's actually a really insightful point. When I was when I was younger, there was this guy. I, I loved this guy. Uh, he was retired now, but he was he was he had been doing this for like twenty or thirty years. And you know, um, he used to he used to have a couple different sayings on this. But if you look at all the pieces, you'd think this is never going to work, right? There's so much noise. There's so much error and and kind of chaos in each little step involved with trying to do these big things. Um, but then at the end, you're like, oh, yeah, no, that's true. This works. Like you see the story and you're like, yeah, and you, you, there's still a lot of noise you have to filter through. But um, it, it really does work. Like and, and you could see um, it's also one of the things that I, this is your podcast, but I'm going to tell you anyways, one of the things that surprised me when I first got in this field was the scale of some of these things. Like I, I wouldn't have imagined um, the size of, of of the research projects that, that some of these companies did. And once you kind of, once you kind of see it from their point of view, you're like, Oh yeah. I mean, if you have to do business in all these countries in the world with all these different types of people, of course, it's like hard to, you're going to need something at a big scale to help answer your questions. But um, you would think with all of the, all of the different ways things could go wrong. It's amazing that, that it, it works so well. Um, so often where you do, you kind of walk away at the end being like, Oh, I really learned something valuable here. Um, Definitely. And I also think that as you get more and more experience, the ability to kind of filter through that noise becomes a lot easier. I think I'm not quite there yet, obviously, after not even a year. But when I talk to people who have a lot more experience, it's really interesting to see how easily they're able to kind of sift through and figure out what the main and most important ideas are. So I guess that's something I'm excited for in the future. Yeah, that's a big part of the jump to SRM is like you start to just see you can see it because like I mean, it's like anything else. If you do it a lot, it gets, it gets much easier than it seems at first. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I, I agree with that. Yeah. The, uh, the value that, uh, that comes out of such a big project and, and seeing and, and realizing that your recommendation can have such a large impact. I think that's something that kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, it really is kind of crazy, right? Like it's, 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 it's wild to, to, to you know, it, it's these, some of these brands are such big ships. It's, it's kind of wild that a small group of people can kind of move them a little bit, um, which is fascinating. And that's a big difference from college as well. Everything you're doing is so theoretical or, you know, it's a project that's just getting graded. And I think that was a really cool transition to be able to have the work you're putting in actually kind of matter and mean something. Yeah, it's easier to stay motivated to work through all the details when you because it's it's some oftentimes the the hopefully all the time but uh, oftentimes the, the 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 question itself is so interesting like I still find that I'm like oh this is a really interesting decision and and oftentimes like I think that's one of the things that surprised me too oftentimes these decisions are much harder than they seem in theory when you get into it you're like oh there's kind of drawbacks to to you know benefits and drawbacks of both approaches. Or, or, or of different considerations and it's it's hard it's not as clear as as you might think if you weren't you know every decision is easy if you're not the one that has to make it right um <laughs> and when you're in there and you see those things you're like oh this is tricky this is you know it's 
I, I do find that, I still find that kind of fascinating. I appreciate you guys um, doing this with us today and being sport for uh, jumping into a, a relative unknown here. Um, mm -hmm. But this has been Thanks fun. Thanks for having us, Chuck. Yeah. yeah, thanks for having us. This was fun.